Have you noticed how many churches there are around when you just drive around? Churches of different sizes, churches of different brands, churches with different colour buildings, churches of different age, churches in permanent facilities, churches in pop-up facilities. Most of those churches would, if you compared notes, would say that they exist for a, a very similar reason, which if you boiled it down, would be what Jesus said in His final words was our job or our mission. And it's since been known as the Great Commission that, that we as the church are meant to go into all the world and make disciples of people. So if that's kind of the unifying theme, the unifying mission of churches, what you start to discover when you go to different churches is they actually look and feel different, even though they exist for the same mission or the same purpose. If you've ever poked around, some of you maybe have done a little bit of uh, what we call church bum sniffing. Uh, some people call it church shopping, boring. Church bum sniffing, where you're looking for, God, what's the church that you want me to be planted in, to be part of? It's not that the mission is different, but you'll notice that the churches are very different. And they're very different. No two churches are the same for two reasons. One reason is the culture, the culture of the people, whether they play House of the Rising Sun or whether Grandma Millie's on the organ playing something that dropped in 1623. These are culture, whether, whether there's a culture of, of boldness and freshness and generosity, you'll notice there's a different culture in different churches. The other thing you'll notice is there's a different approach. You'll see no two churches do exactly the same things in exactly the same way they have a different approach. And so what a church has to do is a church has to discover what's the unique approach that God's called them to do. It's not about copy paste. It's not about franchising. It's about God, what's the unique thumbprint? What's the unique approach that you've called each church to do? As Elevate, we've really distilled what we call uh, our Elevate approach down to, to, to five essentials. And uh, it'll come as no surprise to you to hear that we refer to them as the Elevate Essentials. We, we intentionally run a very simple ministry approach. We have very few moving parts. It's intentional. We try to be very focused. We try to be very pointed. We try to trim away the fat, the stuff that's not working, the stuff that's not fruitful. It may have worked five years ago. It may have worked 10 years ago. It may have worked five minutes ago. But if it's not gonna take us to where the future that God has for us is placed, we get rid of it. And so the Elevate Essentials are five very, very simple things, what we call our live experience. That's what we're doing now. It's the experience as Elevate Church and it's live. Uh, okay, not much explanation required there. We have Elevate Teams, our music team, our media team, our host team, our kids team, our youth team, various uh, teams. We have Elevate Groups. These are, these are groups that meet doing life together in various parts of our city, various times of the day, days of the week, different settings. And that's about doing life together. We, we give, we give. Uh, we don't just give to keep the lights on. That's a very boring goal. We give to see God's kingdom advance. We, go, we give to see God's kingdom resource, not just here within our four walls, but from a global perspective. And so we give our first 10% and that's a goal. And it's also a minimum because beyond that, we have building the future, which is our spaces and places. And we have Elevate Global, which in a few weeks time, we're gonna give you guys an update uh, from the team that just came back from the Philippines and some of the incredible things that God is doing over there. And then this fifth 
And final, only five, Elevate Essential is what we call invest, invite, invest. And this is about us relationally looking for people who don't yet know Jesus. And by the way, if you don't know where to find them, they're everywhere. Some of them live with you. Some of them live next to you. Some of them work next to you. Some of them you're related to. They're everywhere. People who don't know Jesus and we're called to invest in them. At some point, invite them. Invite them to a live experience. Invite them to an Elevate group. Invite them to engage in a conversation about Jesus and what He's done for you. And then to continue to invest. The idea is not just for people to accept Jesus and then, and then just finish the journey there. It's to continue to invest. You don't just have a baby and leave it at the hospital. It's to continue to invest um, in them. So these are the Elevate essentials. Very, very simple. Very, very lean and very, very intentional. This is the what that we do as a church. There's a why behind the what. And it's important to understand the why behind the what in any sphere of life, because if we don't understand the why behind the what, we can actually lose a lot of focus in the what. And so our why is what we call our mission. Our mission is very simple. To lead people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. We don't do the transforming, Jesus does. And Jesus' big goal isn't behaviour management. He's not a psychologist, although He can help you with your behaviour. His big idea is transformation in that as we follow Him, we become more like Him. His goal is for us to be transformed into His image and His likeness. And it's an ongoing thing. It's not something that I decided to follow Jesus 23 years ago and, and job's done. No, no, that, that's just, that was the next step. And then there's a next step and there's a next step because Jesus didn't just say, believe in me. He said, come follow me. And it's every single day in every single way that we follow Him. So that's our mission. But here's the question I wanna actually address today. Why is that important? Have you ever asked that? That's the why behind the what, but, but I wanna look today at the why behind the why. Why is it important for people to have a transforming relationship with Jesus? So I'm going old school, I'm going whiteboard. We love before and afters. Uh, I was gonna put up a few before and after pictures, not of me, just in general. I Googled before and after pictures this morning and there's some stuff that I can't unsee. And because I love you, I decided not to put some of what I can't unsee up on the screens. Um, but, but I could have put Hannah Montana and, and uh, beside her Miley Cyrus and they bear very little resemblance to, to one another. I spare you from that. I could have I put uh, the six minute abs uh, winner um, before and after picture, but um, you know, when you can look at this, why would you bother putting that sort of photo up? <laughs> we love before and afters. You know, there's a whole industry of, of well, we call it reality TV, but actually if you, if you peel back the onion, they're actually before and after shows. Things like House Rules, it's actually a before and after show disguised as a reality TV show. We like to see these things before and after. Uh, the Block. It's built as a reality TV show. It's actually before and after show. Um, we can see before and after shows about kitchen renos, about uh, car renos, the, the, the Nine Life channel, which, oh my God, Nine Life has stolen Louis' life. She, she doesn't 
turn that thing off. It's running now at home, even though she's here, just in case she misses anything. Um, these are all be, before and after shows. The Biggest Loser, it's a before and after show. But here's the thing, Louie and I, well, Louie and I just had our kitchen facelift done and in our bathroom, Renault, and and we love it. Like it's really great. It's nice. It's nice to have something fresh and so on and so forth. But we made sure that we took before pictures, because the problem is with before and after is through the the passage of time we can actually forget what before looked like. We can actually easily forget what before felt like. We can actually forget how bad, how intolerable, how insufferable before looked like. And and we can start taking after for granted because after is the new normal. And we can start taking that for granted. And and so what I wanna do this morning is I wanna actually make sure every single one of us who has made a decision to follow Jesus doesn't ever forget the before photo. Because if you forget the before photo, you start to move into entitlement. And entitlement is the opposite of gratitude. Entitlement says that somehow that we, in our after state, a relationship with God, was made possible because we're so good, because we quit smoking. Because we're so good because we turn up in church. And, and, and none of that is true. The before photo was, is, is us separated from God and the after is us having a relationship with God and it didn't happen automatically because of anything we did. If you open your Elevate app, if you've got that, you can pop open the Bible uh, and it'll take you to the the chapter I'm gonna teach on this morning. Just a little heads up though, when you click the Bible app, the Bible tile, uh, we're currently in an arm wrestle. We use a third party Bible that is imported into our app. We didn't rewrite the Bible ourselves. Um, And uh, we're in an arm wrestle for dominance. It's a turf war between between version and Elevate app as to whether when you click the Bible, you might find you get hijacked over to version, and, uh, and it won't take you to the passage I'm about to teach. So what you can do in the top left corner, you'll see a thing that says back to Elevate, go back to Elevate, it's better there. And, uh, and then click the Bible again and it'll magically take you to Ephesians chapter two. Now, Ephesians chapter two, I'm just gonna teach from that one chapter today. And I'm not going to teach in linear fashion, which for some of you type A organised people, I'm about to drive you mental because I'm going to slice and dice this thing. But for some of you frou-frou types, this is going to be an answer to prayer. It's going to be like, this finally makes sense because it didn't go in the order that it was written. Awesome. So Ephesians chapter 2. Verse one, Paul's writing. Now, I want you to make sure you understand that he's writing to church people when he wrote the letter to the the church in Ephesus. He's writing to church people. Did I spell it wrong? (laughs) I have an iPhone, I have a tablet, I have a computer. I don't remember the last time I picked up a pen. I need a whiteboard with a build. What I need is for you people over there to shut up. <laughs> I spelled, the, I got the two letters around the wrong way. Is that, what, is that why that's funny? Angie, next time we buy a whiteboard, I want it to have an autocorrect built in, please. 
I was just going to write that. That's a cop out. Come on. All right. Uh, apologies to our podcast audience. Um, you, can, uh, you can send your complaints to Reese McLaughlin at uh, reesedoesn'tcare.com. Is it better? All right. <laughs> that was not in my notes. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. Paul wrote, and he's writing this to church people. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. I want you to notice Paul in the before starts off by explaining, he didn't say you were bad, you were naughty. And that was what the problem at its essence, he said you were dead, we were dead. Skip down to verse 12. I'm gonna unpack a bunch of stuff there. He then reminded them that at that time, you were separate from Christ. Some of you don't even like to be separate from your iPhone for any length of time. And yet Paul's telling us that we're separate from Christ. Louis and I lead a 12 to, an, eight, gosh, an 18 to 25s Elevate group, and uh, they like their phones. I like my phone. So they like their phones. And so our Elevate group, we don't talk. We, we have a meal around our dinner table, and then we start a Facebook Messenger group chat. <laughs> and we just... <laughs> Laugh emoji. <laughs> Thinking emoji. And it's cool. It's great. There's a... Um, there's a restaurant chain in America. A restaurant chain's probably exaggerating a little bit. Chicken burger chain called Chick-fil-A. And Chick-fil-A, six months ago, Chick-fil-A started a, a little thing where if you want to, when you walk into their restaurant, uh, they give you what they call a coop, chicken coop. And uh, what it is, is you sit there on the, you take it, you sit it on the middle of your table, you know, the group on the table, and everyone, if you put all your phones in there and close the coop for the duration of your meal, um, you get a free ice cream. And very few people take them up on that offer. An hour separated from my phone, having to talk with humans. We don't like to be separate from phones. Well, Paul's reminding us that there was a time where we were actually separated from God. He then went on to say that we're excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners. This is the before... Before picture. Some of you sit on the edge of your seat waiting for me to misspell the next word, aren't you? All right, it's not going to happen. Okay, I don't make the same mistake twice. Have you ever travelled somewhere that English is the second language, an overseas country where English is the second language? Yeah. Go to, go to these places, us, uh, you know, arrogant Western tourists. We go to these countries where English is the second language and and. And you go up to somebody and you ask them for directions. You know, where's a good cafe or how can I find this tourist destination? You ask them in English. And, and they stare at you blankly in response because they don't understand a word you said. So what do we do next? We yell the exact same thing that we just said in the exact same language. We just said it thinking that somehow by turning up the volume, it's gonna help them understand. Oh, they mustn't have heard me. Where is the Colosseum? France 
Do you know, France has a global reputation. French people have a global reputation for being rude. Where is the Eiffel Tower? Okay, go up to a French person and yell that at them. They will give you the rudest, foulest stare and walk away from you. And the problem is we interpret that as, as being their problem. Oh, those bloody French people, they're so rude. No, they're not. They're French. They, they, it's their country. If you didn't take the time to Google translate, where's the Eiffel Tower from English to French, in which you do, just hold your phone up on, on audio speaker and go. <laughs> this is how some Christians act towards non-Christians. This is how some church people act towards unchurched people. We think they should speak our language. So we try to connect with them and we try to explain things to them and we try to tell them how life works in our language. And, and they don't understand. And then when they don't understand and, 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 and worse still, don't do what we think they should do, which isn't what they should do because why would someone that's not following Jesus wanna live like Jesus? They didn't sign up. So we yell at them more. Gays, stop being gay. Can I just say, that doesn't work. Start saying, let me tell you a bit about Jesus because it's Him that does the transforming, not us that's meant to do the yelling. We were foreigners. We were without hope. I found this uh, picture, throw the next picture up, uh, Zodwa. I found this picture during the week. Yeah, but the reason that I like this picture is this is life. Some days... We're the tiger, and some days we're the chicken. And that's life. But I think it's fair to say that in this moment in time, the chicken is without hope. I'll show you the next photo. It's the tiger catching the chicken. No, I didn't. Okay. (laughs) You know, there's nothing that we can anchor our lives to that's gonna do what Jesus has promised to do. There is nothing that we could anchor our lives to that's gonna give us the level of hope that Jesus gives us. Nothing, not your job, not your relationships, not the Nutribullet. None of these things will deliver on the promises that they make. I know, the ultimate vitamin extractor. You realise that uh, God didn't design machines to do our chewing for us. Anyway, that's another message for another time. But you ask anybody that spent any time at sea, they'll tell you that you only appreciate the value of a good anchor when you're in a storm. In smooth seas, you don't need an anchor. In safe harbours, you don't need an anchor, but some days you're in safe harbours and some days you're running away from a tiger without hope. And then finally, which actually points to why all the other four things are true of us in our before picture, is we were without God. Now, it's all verse 12. So I haven't sliced and diced too much, but let's bounce back up to verse four. Verse four, Paul interjects a pivotal word. 
a pivotal word that changed the course of history, a pivotal word that, word that changed our destiny at the time that we decided for those of us that have to follow Jesus. But, see, this is all true. We were dead, separate foreigners, without hope, without God. But, see, God could have left us there. And by the way, leaving us there, there's nothing we could have done to change this. And that's, this is the bad news. The reason that there's good news is only ever good news if, if by contrast, there's bad news. And this is the bad news. But because we have a loving God, He didn't leave us there. And so this is what God took it upon Himself to do. Because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even though, even though we were dead in transgressions. It's by grace you've been saved. You need to really get your head around this is Jesus didn't die on a cross to make bad people good. He died on a cross to make dead people alive. Thankfully, bounce down to verse 14. For He Himself is our peace who has made us, the two groups, one, and destroyed the barrier. That's a D. That says barrier. <laughs> How are we doing so far? Is this starting to look like good news to anybody? Verse 19, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of His household. Jesus made it possible for us to move from foreign, foreigners to citizenship. How many of you had a restless sleep this morning? Maybe you woke up sometime during the morning. Is anybody here kind of? Okay, yeah. Let me explain why that happened to you. Um, this morning... Uh, Perth time, afternoon, evening, Europe time, um, Italy played against Germany in the Euro 2016 soccer, football, uh, quarterfinals. And um, at the end of full time, the score was one all. But you can't have a one all draw in a championship game. Now, Louis' dad, uh, he loves the soccer. He loves... Euro 2016, he in fact specifically upgraded his TV game uh, in preparation for Euro 2016. He went from a, I think, 42-inch TV. He's now rolling around about a 72-inch TV. He had it professionally installed. He had it installed in the corner, perfectly angled so that he could sit on the couch and watch unobstructed sort of like panoramic thing. He totally, totally upped his game. Um, the, the games are, are typically about 3 a.m. Perth time, no barrier. He's up, he's at it. Now, now me, I, I get up at four and something. So I, if, if, if I wanted to watch something at three, I would go to bed at like seven, which is some nights when I do go to bed. And I'd get up about three, 3.30. Not Louis' dad, not Carl. Carl stays up, uh, main lines espresso uh, <laughs> until until 3.30 and then he just powers on. So, so, so one, if you started to 
to, to find yourself sleeping restlessly about 5 a.m. That's because, Carl, you could hear him from his house in Morley. Doesn't matter where you live, you could have heard him. Uh, it then went to a penalty shootout. If you at any point tried to get back to sleep, now penalty shootout is five shots each, unless, you know, and even the penalty shootout went to five all. Louis's dad lost his hair a long time ago. He lost it again. Um, this way he re-lost his hair. He no longer has no, he has no armpit hair, legs. For an Italian man to lose your body hair, I mean, it's like, that's next level stuff, man. And uh, I'm sad to say that, um, that uh, Germany won the penalty shootout six to five. See, now Louis's dad, is an Australian uh, citizen, nationalised citizen, but he was born in Italy and he moved out, uh, as did many Italian migrants post-World War II. He, he lives in Australia. He would not have had that reaction if it was the Socceroos playing uh, in the World Cup. He, he only takes his passion to that level when it's Italy playing because even though he lives in Australia, his heart and his Citizenship is actually still in Italy. And one of the things that we can make the mistake of thinking is we can make the mistake of thinking that we are human beings that occasionally have a spiritual experience. Whereas God wants us to be very, very clear that we are in fact spiritual beings that are temporarily having a human experience that heaven is our home and we're just passing through earth. And we have a purpose while we're here. We have a destiny to fulfill while we're here. We, we need to live on purpose for that purpose, but we don't belong here. Heaven is our home. Heaven is our citizenship. It's on our passport. And that, if you understand that, it makes all the difference. It, it changes your priorities. Why would you spend all of your time and effort building up treasures on earth when you're actually going to spend eternity in heaven? Why would you spend all of your time prioritising things on earth that, that aren't going to matter as much as eternal life in heaven and not just for us, but I'll come back to that in a moment. We're just passing through. And Jesus restored that citizenship. Verse 19, he came and he preached peace to you who were far away. And peace to those who were near. When you feel like you don't have hope, you don't have peace. You can't sleep. You can't think straight. You'll, you'll, you'll start to experience anxiety, potentially depression, worry, fear dominates your life, dominates your thoughts. If you think you are without hope, but Jesus didn't leave you. That was the before photo. That was the before state. He brings peace. He doesn't always take us out of troubling situations, but he always inserts himself into troubling situations so that we don't have to do them on our own. And then verse 22, in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Not only did we move from being without God to being with God? We, we're not just with God, we have God actually living inside us. There's a verse in the Bible that says that your body is a temple 
for the Holy Spirit. Has anyone ever heard that verse? Your body's a temple for the Holy Spirit. Do you, know, do you know that Weight Watchers use that verse to promote their products and services? No, that's not true. Um, but do you know some churches take that verse, your body is a temple for the Holy Spirit and, and, and hand you a Richard Simmons workout video at the same time, thinking that, that the goal of understanding that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit is, is eat less cheesecake factory, uh, cheesecake shop products and, and quit smoking. That's not the point of the verse at all. The point of the verse is for us to understand that we have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead living inside of us 24-7, 365, that actually our body is a temple for the Holy Spirit. We carry the Holy Spirit, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. We carry that Spirit around with us every single minute of every single day. If we've been people who've decided to make Jesus our Lord, we live, God, we were without Him. We don't just live with Him, He lives in us. That's next level stuff right there. And we don't, cross over from the before to the after because we're good. We cross over because God's good, because He sent His Son Jesus, because we tried and failed time after time after time throughout history to bridge up to God because we were separated and we never made it. We never stayed there. We'd get close, we'd fall back again. And grace is a reminder that Jesus made it possible for those of us who follow Him to be living here. But I wanted to make sure this morning that we revisited this and don't ever underestimate the before. This was the bad news. That's why this is good news. This was impossible to get to there. That's why Jesus is called good news. Now, it's one thing for us to understand that for ourselves, and it's super important for us to understand that for ourselves. But as we get a deeper revelation of this, it has to come with a comma at the end of it because it's not just a story that should end with us understanding God's grace. It's a story that then needs to go forward so that we can actually communicate God's grace to people that we're investing in. Let me show you some numbers here. I showed these a few weeks ago. They're actually getting even better. Uh, it's kind of weird. I put these numbers up and... Um, We've got a bit of a ghost town here this morning. Uh, it's the start of school holidays. I call them the school horrible days because uh, people with young kids got to know what they do. <laughs> but, but some of them aren't here, that bit I know. So, so um, school holidays, school holidays, kill myself. Kill myself. <laughs> I'm not against people taking holidays. What you'll see here, this is our attendance figures over the last 12 months. And over the last 12 months, our average weekly attendance figures have bounced from 70 to consistently, not every week, but increasingly, I should say, hitting over 100. And in fact, just this last week, we hit 113, which is the figure at the end. And for some people, it may seem weird. You put numbers up. Oh, you know, elevate. You're just about the numbers. And uh, no, we're not just about the numbers. But we count the numbers because every number has a name. 
and every name has a story. You're one of those numbers. I'm one of those numbers. And, 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 and we matter to God. But it's not just us that matters to God. It's people who aren't yet being counted on those numbers. And so when we see those numbers going up, we see God's kingdom advancing. We see God's message of grace becoming real for more and more people. And that's our job. Our job isn't to be the best kept secret in Perth. Our job's to be the worst kept secret in Perth, the most declared message in Perth, the greatest message going around. We're even better than the Harvey Norman end of financial year sale, okay? This message, I know, some of you struggle to believe that. F 60 months interest-free. It's like you never even have to pay for it. Even better than that is the, is the message that's immaculately spelt on this whiteboard. But as much as we're breaking 100, it's not enough. And we've set ourselves a very clear goal to be now chasing 200. And it sounds a little ambitious. And, you know, one of the challenges of leadership is, is declaring the future when it's not yet here because you run the risk of people looking at you going, yeah, tell him he's dreaming. Yeah, I'm dreaming, all right. I'm dreaming of seeing more and more people who need to meet Jesus sitting next to you and sitting there. Do you, do you know we've got a little bit more room for more and more people? You know, we've even got more chairs in storage. Do you know this auditorium can fit 230 people legally and we wouldn't probably stop at that? Just don't tell anyone. <laughs> we can fill this multiple times. I, I prepare, I pre, I'll prepare the same amount of time during the week to preach one, one message one time as I will five times. So I, why, why not preach it five times? I, I'm, I'd rather preach five times to a full auditorium than one time to a half full auditorium. And I, and I don't say that as if this doesn't matter. I'll bring my best every single time I preach whether there's one, 100, 500. But my point is, wouldn't it be better if there were more and more people hearing this message that we just talked about, yeah? So we're chasing 200. And you think, well, that's pretty ambitious, 200. Do you know we live in a city of 1.9 million people? 1.9 million people. And we're talking about having a church in the next short while of 200 people. Do you know if you open your calculator app, you'll see that a church of 200 people in a city of 1.9 million people is 0.0004% of our population. Roughly translated, bugger all. And our city is projected, the city of Perth is projected to grow by 2050 to between 3.9 and 5.4 million inhabitants. And most of them, and I mean most of them, will need to meet Jesus. And I wanna make sure that we are right on the front lines of introducing them and leading them into a transforming relationship with Jesus. And so it's not gonna happen easily. It's not gonna happen automatically. What does it require of us? It requires us to take the elevated essentials as being essentials, not options. Do you prioritise gathering together as a church and declaring the name of Jesus? Double bagging. Or is, or is turning up here something you do if nothing better appears on your social calendar? Elevate teams. If you know where to park, if you know where to check your kids in, if you know where the toilets are, and if you know where the coffee is and you're not 
yet part of an Elevate team. You're a consumer and Jesus has got you here on earth to be a contributor. If you're not part of an Elevate group, then I wonder why. Our Elevate group, I normally go to bed about eight o'clock and these flipping bozos have been keeping me up till 10.30, right? They don't, they don't leave. They're like barnacles. They just kind of... And I love it. I love it. I wake up the next morning, I am trashed. My body doesn't love it. My body hates every single one of them. My body cries out by name, Tom William Murphy, my right leg hates you. Scott Downey, my left shoulder deplores you. And we wouldn't have it any other way because it's essential to do life together. Giving, I, I sit down at our newly renovated breakfast bar every Thursday morning and, and give our first 10% and it's probably the, one of the most exciting things I do all week. And then invest, invite, invest. I, I, I have my meetings at a coffee shop. Uh, there's offices here. I have an office at home. I have meetings at a coffee shop because I want to make sure that I'm out. Do you, know I, do you know most of the people that I lead in, in, in terms of my job that I interface with, you know, most of them are already followers of Jesus. At least that's what they tell me. Um, and so I've got to work even harder than you do to interface with people who aren't yet following Jesus. And I make sure I'm doing that. And um, I even occasionally turn up at family events full of wogs and, um, because even wogs need Jesus. In fact, some of them especially. <sighs> I'm going to show you a video. I said we're chasing 200. I'm going to show you a video. It's a church that actually inspired this series, Too Good To Be True. We're finishing the series today. It's actually a church. And whilst we're chasing 200, it's a church called New Spring Church, led by a leader named Perry Noble. They're actually currently chasing 100,000. And as a church, they're, they're breaking through 70,000 right now. And... Um, I'm going to show you a video that they produced of, of real people in their church that have crossed over from before to after, from death to life. And the reason that we're showing you this video is, is you'll recognise, some of you will recognise yourself in some of what you're about to see. It, it, it's, it's a snapshot of your story. Some of you will see people, figuratively speaking, that you know that haven't yet crossed over and, and you'll see a glimpse of their story. And I pray to God that in a very short period of time that the video you're about to see, that Elevate Church, we, we will be able to produce the same sort of video. You're about to see a lot of people. The video runs for six minutes and one second. Don't check out, tune in. You'll see a lot of people. I want to make sure that we see a lot of people that have met Jesus and understand His grace. How about you roll that sidebar?